Is your business stuck? Tired of leaving money on the table? Are you ready to take it to the next level? Join us as we dive deep into the small business secrets successful entrepreneurs are implementing to see massive results. This is the Business Growth Hacks Podcast, presented by Beefy Marketing. Here's your host, Andrew Brockenbush. What's going on, small business nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Business Growth Hacks Podcast. John, my good friend, how are you, sir? I am excellent today. It is Friday. It is podcast Ooh. day. We've had a great week here at Beefy. It is, you know, we're, we're rolling good, on cloud nine today. <laughs> That's right. And and I heard a little birdie told me that since we have a guest coming into the studio a little bit later today, we've uh -huh. got fajitas coming up here. What? So looking Best forward to free fajitas. Somebody's paying for them. But uh, <laughs> I'm glad. We'll it'll be, that it'll be a good Friday. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It'll be all. It'll all work itself out. Hey guys, today's episode is brought to you by Wingman. Wingman's all-in-one marketing and sales automation software will help you streamline your communication, automate your processes, and grow your business. You can check them out at trustyourwingman.com. John, you've got a fun icebreaker lined up for us today, so I'm going to let you take the reins for a second. All right. All right. Can you roll the sound effect? Yes, I will do my best here. Give me one second. Give me one all second. Right. Where are you, Mister Sound Effect? One Get second. It. There's too many sound effects today. It should be down towards the bottom. Okay. I can't read that Where far. Are you? I got the small screen today. I don't think I have it. Can you? Uh, oh, wait, there it is. I got it. I got the sound effect. I think I rolled it. All right. Got it. So we liked. We played this game a couple weeks ago, Mike. Called. Uh, I think we're gonna call it "Who Wants to Be a Marketer" or "The Million Dollar Marketer." Although these questions are a little too easy, I think, for a million dollars. Mike. To be the million dollar marketer today, in marketing, what does the acronym ROI stand for? A, rate of investment, B, return of influence, C, reach of impact, or D, return on investment? Well, heck, John, I kind of like all of them. I, I did too. I did too. And I think we might have some fun little discussion on some of these questions. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to choose rate of influence. Yeah, rate of good. influence for one million dollars. <laughs> I, I will take it. You know, I don't know that there are wrong answers in here because some of the ones that it output was I like the way it worded them. You know, question two: to be the million dollar marketer, what is a term for a marketing strategy where a company leverages the reputation of another brand to promote its own product? Subliminal marketing. That would be A, B, stealth marketing, C, co-branding, or D, guerrilla marketing. Wow, I think it's actually called coattail marketing, but I really like guerrilla marketing because it's just kind of on the ground and nasty. Yeah, but yeah. I take that. <laughs> That's it. it. I love it too. Yeah, <laughs> guerrilla marketing. I was like, I love that phrase. That's the right answer for today. All right. This is going back to the old school, the four P's of marketing. Which of the following is not a component of the four P's of marketing? A, price, B, place, C, promotion, or D, productivity? 
maybe I'm going to toss out all the first three and I'm going to go with productivity because productivity is not a four P, but you don't got the productivity. You don't got anything else. That's right. That's right. That's a million dollar (laughs) answer right there. See on who wants to be a million dollar marketer. The correct answer is the best answer. That's right. right. (laughs) What term? This is the final question here, Mike. Are you prepared? You still have all of your lifelines. Yes, you do have all your lifelines. You can reach out to our colleague, John the Marketer, or you can also ask the host. But you are so talented and smart, I don't think you're going to need either of those lifelines. Mike, what is the term for a process of dividing a market into distinct groups based on characteristics like demographics and behaviors? A, market segmentation. D, or B, market diversification, C, market integration, or D, market standardization? I think I know the answer, but I like this lifeline approach even better. Andrew, bro, help me out. Throw me a lifeline here. There we go. All right, Andrew. Got me on the spot here. We got market Hmm. segmentation A, B is market diversification, C is market integration, and D is market standardization. What do you think, Andrew? Can you help Mike out? You know what? I'm not the smartest guy in the room, but I think I'm going to go, and I could be wrong, but I'm going to go with market (laughs) segmentation A. I think that's our answer. That is our answer. Market segmentation. Mike, you are... The million dollar marketer yes. today. <laughs> you did check, it. Baby. Send them the check. And that I think the awesome. ice has been broken. <laughs> the ice has been broken. And it is now time for a formal introduction, introduction of our guest, Mike Snyder, a partner with Raptor USA, is a marketing consulting firm whose principals have worked with hundreds of middle market companies nationally and the co founder of RSM Marketing, a firm providing an outsourced marketing department to companies across all industries nationwide. In his work, Mike helps business owners escape fruitless efforts and endless tactics and marketing spins that produce little to no ROI. We talked about that. Instead, he helps owners and their teams focus on making big strategic leaps that unify marketing efforts to produce long-term, unfair competitive advantages. The goal, as he says, is to build a moat around your business filled with sharks with laser beams. You know, I have one simple request and that is to have sharks with freaking laser beams attached to their heads. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we usually roll the one billion sound effect when we have stats. So I had to pull that in for you. Yeah, we had to do you, it. Bro. Mike, welcome and to the show, man. Fun. And I think Thank I want you. to take it one step further and add this part here. What do we have? Seabass. Right. <laughs> they are mutated seabass. Really? Are they ill-tempered? Absolutely. That's a start. Yeah, so I'm going to tie that back into marketing here. So sharks with laser beams approach, I love it. That's what we need in marketing. But how many times have we done a consult and you ask, what are y'all doing for marketing? And they tell you, well, we have sea bass. And that is the answer. Right. You know, so I felt like we had to play that off today. That's awesome, dude. Mike, this is going to be fun, man. As you can tell, we keep it light, especially on Fridays, man. We do not take ourselves, what? Not take ourselves serious, okay? I'm glad I took my vitamins this morning. I got to keep up with you two. Right, <laughs> Let's do it, man. So, okay, take us back. Tell me, how did you get, how did you get into marketing in the first place? Yeah. 
Yeah, I know that's an interesting question because I was born a U.S. Marine Corps officer. Oh, right? oh, once a Marine, always a Marine. Welcome. Totally. You know, and so I spent 24 years in the Marines, uh, mostly as a reservist, but I, I served three times on active duty and uh, eventually got my master's degree and got out of the Marine Corps and, uh, you know, kind of went into business. And it was at some point, I was probably 36 years old. I, I, I kind of said you know, to myself, it's, it's, t- it's time to stop being an employee and I want to start being, a, a, you know, an owner. And uh, the only way, the only field that was open to me being a public affairs guy, I was a public affairs officer in the Marine Corps. That's that's within the marketing field. And so I, uh, I started working with a, a great guy who's my longtime uh, business partner now. And we uh, went to work for the uh, first ESOP in the state of Kansas, which was a very old uh, advertising agency. And so I learned advertising at the same time that I was learning how to run a business <laughs> which meant going into the office about three or four o'clock in the morning, you know, and uh, getting on my knees and praying to God for the strength and the resilience and the uh, and the smarts to figure out what the heck I was doing. That's how I got into into marketing formally, and uh, and you know just love it because it's it's war fighting. It is yeah. absolutely war fighting, but in business. And instead yeah. of people dying, and I'll be kind of gross here, profits die. <laughs> <laughs> there's still there's still sacrifice of something, okay? Sacrifice right. of cash and business. And so yeah, marketing is all about creating value. And you know, we, we were talking a little while ago, and uh most folks don't really understand what marketing is, in, in my humble opinion. Can I talk about that for a second? Yeah, please. Yeah. So I, I like to start with a quick story. You know, back in the old days, before probably anybody here on this uh, on the, in this listening audience, there was a thing called a Rolodex. And when a business owner needed an idea, he or she would flip through this Rolodex. And in the very first part of that deck would be, I'm going to call my attorney, or I'm going to call my accountant, I'm going to call my banker, or I'm going to call my ad man. And if none of those work, I'm going to call my priest or my minister. <laughs> I want to read some prayer. Okay, yeah. but over the years, the ad man uh, fell out of the uh, the Rolodex, you know. And if you watched Mad Men, Mad Men is not all about tactics, you know. I I didn't, yeah, I, I've watched it a couple of times. It's all about ideas, concepts, things that redefine, reposition, you know, your brand or what you're doing, who you're talking to. And so, you know, marketing is fundamentally about ideas. Now, here's, you know. Uh, here's how I like to define marketing. Marketing is the function, you know, that uh, uh, defines uh, what a you know, market will buy at a profitability to the company that the company can actually make. Okay, mm. it's marketing is not, hey, I make widgets. Now let's get rid of the widgets I've already made. That's marketing communications. So what mm. happens is I'm going to shut up after this, but basically. Everybody in business mistakes marketing for marketing communications, which is all the stuff, the websites and the videos and the PPC and the SEO and the, and the trade shows and the, and, and the sales presentations and even sales forces. And that's why they get frustrated because there's no end to the stuff that they have to buy that without real marketing behind is like shooting pistols. You guys are in Texas into the air, hoping, hoping you're going to shoot something. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, marketing yeah. defines what the heck you're aiming at. That's right. Absolutely. Those laser beam sharks you're talking about, right? <laughs> that, that, that's why we're talking sharks with laser beams. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. You got to take a step back and go, wait a minute. So, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think that 
I like that you kind of are focusing in on like the honing it in and not all of the little tiny pieces around the, the like the puzzle. Oh, pieces, totally. Right. So, yeah, totally. please, please share an example. OK, so, you know, again, in the Marines, you know, the Marines, uh, when they when they train lieutenants and they train NCOs, it's like, look, your job, you have one job. And that is to create an unfair advantage on the battlefield. They say if you fight a fair fight and this is how businesses like to fight. OK, think about, you know, your listener out there. How am I fighting with my competition? Is it an unfair fight? Am I winning unfairly, meaning I've got this advantage that just crushes the competition? That's the job in the Marines of that officer and that senior NCO. It's also the job of marketing and a business to create that unfair advantage. Now, bringing it down, how do you do that? Well, let's go back to the four Ps because I actually really like using the four Ps. Golden oldie, whoever really thinks about it, product, price, place, and promotion. You know, so, you know, product can be an expensive thing to try to change, you know, service or maybe it's manufactured. Okay, well, that takes some, you know, you might have to buy a new die, you know, buy a piece of equipment, fine. But a lot of times in what I've found is how you talk about the very thing you're providing. And so here's an example. Now, this is a larger, this is a larger example, um, but I'll, I can even bring it home to the company we started in marketing. I'll do that. So we worked for a Honeysuckle White brand of Tricky Products back in the day, Okay. Uh, Cargill, right, um, owns that brand, and we were given the task of marketing that brand across the country and to create a lift, sales lift. So in the buy and buy, we did our research, of course, and, you know, the brand strategy for that brand was health, I'm sorry, was, was taste. It's in the protein, it's in the food category, so they, they're telling everybody, hey, turkey tastes good. Well, the fact of the matter is we found out through research, turkey doesn't really taste good. People find it very difficult to cook and they overcook it and it tastes horrible. Plus it's very lean, it doesn't have a lot of fat, so it doesn't taste nearly as good as pork or, or beef. However, turkey is super healthy. And so all we did was go to the client and say, look, change your brand strategy. Change the way you're talking about turkey, okay? And to say, hey, it's healthy. And they said, that's boring. We don't want to talk about health. We want to talk about taste. Well, we took it all the way up to senior leadership. We said, and this is critical for the listening audience, you don't have to change it forever. Just change it for a quarter. Do something differently and experiment. That's the word. You've got to do experimentation in marketing. So we went out and we started talking about how healthy it was. And we started, you know, targeting the diabetic community. It really matters, okay? Targeting, you know, the fitness community. And in that quarter that we changed promotion, the way we talked about the product, the category of turkey had an 8% lift and our brand had a 28% lift. So 20% of that lift was attributable to marketing, according to the client. Wow. Wow. I love the idea. Just talking about it. Yeah. I mean, that, that's I think it's so important to like bring up the topic of experimentation, too, because I feel like there's so many businesses and brands I speak to who are always playing it too safe. And I get it. You need to be, you know, responsible with the way you spend your money on marketing. Like I'm not saying just like spend willy nilly, but I think brands are not willing to take a little risk, like, but they're willing to take risk in a lot of other areas of their life. Right. But like, why not in business? And I feel like that's something that honestly, like even real, like recently I hired a wealth advisor and I'd sat down with him and I had never looked at my company as like a asset. Like, I mean, I knew it, I know it is like, I guess inherently I know it is, but I never really thought about it. And when we were talking about like my future and my wealth and like what my goals and vision was for the future, he was like, you realize that everything you're doing 
your business is the thing that's going to help be the driver of it. And I'm like, well, yeah, it, it pays me a paycheck. And he's like, no, man, like it's so much, it's so much bigger than that. Like this is an asset that you're growing and building and one day you could sell or one day you could pass down to someone else. And I think that even that slight realization, I think helps put perspective of like why it's so important to be experimental, why it's important to take risks because this, like I'm betting it on this, right? Like I'm betting it all on this company being successful and thriving and having, you know, uh, future success. So can you talk a little bit about that? How do you balance experimentation yeah. oh and still God. practicality and protecting your, mm-hmm. your investments? Well, so, you know, it is fascinating. You know, I was also, a very mess, you know, we were members of Vistage for, you know, yeah. 20 years. So we learned about this thing called the J curve. So if you're going to make an investment in the business, it can't, you got to, you got to be able to project, you know, going to make the investment, which means, you know, you're losing money on it. Yep. And then it has to turn and go back up. Okay. Where you're making money on it. So, you know, you can't bet the farm and you, and honestly, we learned you can't run too many experiments at the same time. Otherwise you're going to do all of them poorly. Yeah. So, you know, let me, uh, I will tell you an example, uh, and, and, and most of the time it's going to you know, entail more than just financial risk. I think in business, I've worked with hundreds of middle market uh, business folk all across the country, uh, and it's been, I just love it so much, you know, um, because we all have, you know, our hopes and dreams on the line. We have our homes on the line. You know, we have reputations on the line. And frankly, it's, we have, you know, what I like to say is, you know, it's not me against the competition. It's ourselves against ourselves. How good can we be? How smart can we be? And so one thing we have to get past and when it comes to experimentation is this fear of embarrassment. OK, especially when it comes to marketing and how you talk about yourself. It's one thing to say, hey, let's buy a machine and it'll either work out or it won't. Well, that's not like a, not a lot of you know, personal, you know, um, uh, risk on the line. But when you start saying, hey, let's talk about our company differently or let's let's do something radically different, which is sharks with laser beams, it's something like, who's seen that? And, you know, so I like saying it that way because you know, when you see something that works like that, it's freaking cool. And it's like, wow, you know, how did they get that? And so one of the things that we did, again, coming back to the four Ps, business people have four levers to pull, product, price, place, or promotion. And so when we had our, we had an ad agency, and it was just an ad agency in Wichita, Kansas. And we started listening to our market. This was after the Great Recession. And we would have Andrew and John, they own this business. They would come into our office and they would say, hey, you know, uh, after the Great Recession, we, need, we know we need to take marketing more seriously. We think we need to hire a marketing director. We say, hey, that's great. When you hire that marketing director, the only people like us to do the execution uh, call us, you know, when you have one. They would kind of kick at the carpet and leave. Okay, well, thanks a lot. And then we had two more of these encounters. And so Bruce and I listening, so listening is a critical component to marketing. Got to listen to your prospects, to your customers. And so in the kitchen one night, we both agreed, hey, we don't think they actually want to hire a marketing director. We think they want to hire us to be their marketing director. So the very next meeting that we had, we changed our product and we changed place and we changed price and we changed promotion all in one fell swoop. We said, you know what? We're going to be your outsourced marketing department, and you're going to get an outsourced marketing director, and you're going to get a flat fee subscription, and you won't have to do it over there. You can do it over here, you know. And again, we renamed it the outsourced marketing department. And we started having one. And do we change anything? Not really. It's not like I had to go hire anybody. We did have to commit to this flat fee subscription. Okay, and we figured it out over a period of years, but that model 
took us national because that's what the market wanted. Yeah. They didn't want to hire Natty. See, I want I want what I don't have. I want this marketing department that I could never afford. Yep. Yep. That's an example. Yeah. And look at it now, that's like fractional thing. CMOs is like all the hot. Thing. I know it's all the thing, right? And who doesn't charge by subscription of it? Back then in 2011, it was a big deal. And we had people quit over it. Well, I didn't sign on for this, you know, because we changed our messaging. We changed how our brand looked. It was boring. I said, we want it to be boring. We, we don't want it to be flashy. That's going to counter the very message we're putting out there, which is, you know, we're business case. Yeah. We're business case. And we had people quit. We replaced them. So what I'm saying is if, if, if you're listening audience out there, they want to be sharks with laser beams. They're going to have to put some personal capital on the line, be willing to be embarrassed, be willing to have a couple of managers quit, and you have to hold on to it. And you got to be willing to make some mistakes and even go for a couple of years, depending on the size of the experiment. Yeah. Why do you, why do you think overall marketing is so hard for, for businesses, for leaders? Like, why do you think they struggle to just like grasp that as a whole? Well, you know, uh, <clears throat> a long journey, you know, is a, what, a series of a thousand steps. And so marketing is, is really that. You start with the big idea and then you have to execute it. And, you know, there's going to be the thing is, is you know, I, it, uh, fundamentally, marketing is up to one person in my mind. And it's the business owner. OK, now the, the business owner doesn't have to come up. You can't delegate marketing. My God, please don't do that. You can't delegate it to, to a marketing director who doesn't understand business or think like a business owner. And they're going to be talking tactics. And I want to get to strategy here in just one second. But a business owner has to say, OK, how am I going to I want to quote Peter Thiel. This is called order of magnitude better. It changed the way that my business partner, and I thought about business. Peter Thiel said, if you're going to start a business or if you're going to run a business, do you want to run a business that is one to one with the market, meaning you're doing everything the same way as the market? Because if you do, you're going to spend all of your profits competing. Or do you want to run a business that is three, five, ten times better than what is right now? And he calls it 10x. OK. And so when we talk with clients and even how we ran our own business, we're like, look, we got to get way far from what is today. OK, I don't we've got we can pull all the levers of the P and I have an example for you from a client, you know, uh, and if you do that, the, the owner has to own it. OK, because it's going to take time and people are going to come and go and people are going to like, you know, criticize. And, you know, they've got to stand their ground and say, I am going to make this thing happen. I got the vision. I got the faith. I got the willpower. And then all of a sudden, just like a plane getting to thirty seven thousand foot cru cruising altitude, all of a sudden it levels off and you're there. Yeah. How how do you, I mean, how do you get to that 10x point, right? Because I think that that, even for myself, and I've been in business for, like I said, a little over 10 years, I still find myself thinking like, oh, what can we do to completely differentiate ourselves, to separate ourselves, to, you know, 10x ourselves? How did you guys do it, Mike? And then, you know, maybe a more practical example for one of your clients, like, how did they do it? Well, okay, right. Thank you. So, I would say uh, it's, it's maybe a three-step process, okay? Let's just break it, put everything into a process. It's, it's not mystical. It's first of all, that business owner has got to be listening and talking to the market, okay? You know, asking very, 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 very easy questions. Like go to your client or, or your, your number one prospect. Hey, what is it that none of us in the category are doing or providing that you would love to see, okay? Right? We had a client. You know, they're one of the nations. They're, they're right here in Wichita. They make 
boring fuel transfer pumps. But hey, you in Texas, you got these big trucks with gas tanks on the back and fuel transfer pumps on them. And so, you know, they went to the market and you know what the market said? We're tired of getting the fuel transfer pump and having to hardwire the cord, the electrical cord ourselves. Can't you just connect it at least at the pump? And, you know, and some of the internal teams said, oh, no, we're not allowed to do that by the regulatory agency. So I was in the meeting when this came up. This is called product, playing with your product. So the CEO asked that question and an engineer in the back said, right, 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 been there like 40 years. And the CEO said, well, have you have we talked to this regulatory agency in a while? You know, and they, and they went, they all looked at each other and the CEO said, go call him right now. So this engineer leaves. This is how business works. Calls this regulatory agency, and they go, which basically said, no problem, you can do it. Came back into the meeting, and the CEO said, I want to start hardwiring our pumps now, which allowed them to increase price, increase sales, reduce returns, because people were screwing up the installation, right, and give sheen to the brand, because they were the only ones doing it. That's an example of modifying your price to create extra value. And we believe in brands that are premium brands. Yeah. Unless you're Aldi and it's a strategy, okay, why not? If you may, here's the cheater tool, guys, then we can talk about it. The cheater tool for great marketing strategy and even great marketing is one word. And we try to boil it down and keep it easy. It is. And the one word is easy. How do I make it easy or easier for my market? How do I make it easy or easier? That's it. You answer that question it's all, it's and all you're going to have a great marketing strategy. That's right. It's all over from there. So what, it. what happens? I'm just I'm playing devil's advocate because I think it's important to do. What happens when when your customer, you ask them what you're what, what they're missing and they say, we want more for less. Right. How do you combat that? What, how do you overcome that objection? Because I do see that a lot in the small business segment where it's like, well, we want this, this and this. And we just wish we could get it a little cheaper. And it's like, well, that, that's not how it works. Like, you, you know, like, do you want more or do you want less? Like, which one is it? Like, make your decision. Well, you know, so yeah. honestly, as a marketing guy, I'd tell you, then they've got the wrong customer. Yeah. Bad targeting. They do. They yeah. do. They Honestly, if you have customers and all they want to do is screw you down. So I, I would ignore that. I would just say, let me just reapproach this another way. How can I make your life easier? And you, you got to leave cost aside. You know, how can... You know, I help you do things faster. How can I help you reduce, you know, the number of people you need to hire? You know, how can I help you go to market faster? You know, how can we increase, you know, the price of your product or service? Start asking very specific questions that way and get get them really engaged, you know. I think that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime you can reduce friction for your customers, Mm -hmm. for your clients, I think that that's when you're going to be successful because they're just looking for you to make their life easier, like you just said. What can you do to take something off their plate, make make their life easier in one way or another? I think that's I think that's really good. So you talked about like marketing magic. You talked about, you know, stuff like that. How do you how do (laughs) yeah the word mystical? How can leaders escape expensive marketing magic to make real strides to actually see success? All right. So that 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 comes back to marketing strategy. Okay, in the Marines, you know, they call it trigger discipline. Trigger discipline, right? So because Marines are typically dropped off on islands with a very, you know, limited supply chain, you just can't start spraying. Like, 
you know, you know, the target with bullets, which means businesses don't have unlimited money. So they just can't start spraying their market with unlimited spend. Right. Which means they got to have uh, something they're really aiming at. OK. And then that will bring them trigger discipline and uh, more focus on the target and they'll be more successful hitting the target. So that's kind of a Marine Corps explanation. So marketing strategy is that in business. OK. Um, Marketing strategy is when you say, this is the one thing we're going to do. Um, let me use an example. So there's another client. The one thing we're going to do, and, and, and when you come up with a marketing strategy or a brand strategy, it's got to be anywhere from one word to three words. That's it. It can't be a paragraph. That's not a marketing strategy. So when we, when we said, hey, we're going to change the entire way that we as a marketing firm do business, our marketing strategy was easy. No kidding. We actually used, we were going to make it as easy as possible for business owners to get into marketing from cost of entry to sustainability to reporting and transparency as to what you're doing and what you're getting in return in ways that had never been done in the middle market. And we actually did it right. And so there was another company that we, uh, we, it was, it was, it was a VC funded startup. I went, actually went to China and pitched the business plan or the marketing component of the business plan, which we wrote to, to this huge LED manufacturing company in, in China. It's so funny because we didn't give them copies of the presentations because we didn't want them stealing the U.S. go to market plan. Wow. So they were popping up like popcorn and taking pictures with their phones of our slides. It was the damnedest thing I've ever seen. So funny. And so a part of this, um, so this, uh, this, uh, this company was going to market, you know, uh, LED boards from large, you know, billboards to in-store kind of, you know, digital screens that we're going to market, take a, take a new brand to market. And one of the things that one of the market segments, haha, coming back to our, to yeah. our warm up, <laughs> one of their market segments was uh, small business owners who ran like retail oper operations. And so we did a, a, a customer profile of that market segment. And we said, hey, look, here's this customer profile. These guys and gals, they're working you know, from 6 a.m. to you know, 8 p.m. They run home, have dinner with their, with their family. Then they, you know, at 10 p.m., they start hitting the, uh, the QuickBooks and doing their accounting at midnight or 11 p.m. Maybe they think about ways they can improve their business. So it's at that time that they're looking for pricing. Like, oh, you know, how much would a digital sign cost? I have no idea. So they're going online at midnight. And there's none of your competitors who offer online pricing. Therefore, one of your strategies is online pricing. Yep. That's it. Online pricing. The client wigged out. We can't do that. Our competitors will not. And we said, don't remember, right? Ego, reputation, yep. Yep. courage. Don't worry about it. Do it. When the market will reward you. They did it. We, we created what we called an online configurator for them. And they, you know, and, 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 and my God, I think they sold a million dollars the first year and they realized that the average customer comes back four more times and buys and the lifetime value was over the top and it cost them zero in marketing. They didn't have to spend anything. It was SEO. I mean, right. I mean, they didn't have to pay for that because no one else was doing anything against that price, you know, LED sign and they popped up. That's an example. I, such I a love that thing. example. And yeah. I think I want to add to that just a little bit. And because you're talking about how and the SEO that just it was free and it just worked out like that. I, it gave me the thought of back in the day when SEO tactics were first coming out, it was easy to rank for things because no one else was doing it. So when you see these new channels popping up, if it's something that makes sense for your brand, I would say get in there and 
get after it, become the authority in that platform. Because if no one else is doing it, you're automatically the best one doing it. So do it. And yeah, get over yourself and make educated moves, but put the, you know, put the plow to the dirt, get out there and do something. Uh, you talked about that trigger discipline, and that doesn't mean not ever pulling the trigger. It means pulling the trigger when you need to, when you see that target. And so I think that's great and appreciate you mentioning that on the show. John, I think just to rip off of that, and maybe the two most important things a company could do today, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's actually, I've got, I've got the exercise in, in a book, in this book. It's called The Great Marketing Lie. Uh, we wrote it a year ago, my business partner and I. It's available for free. On, on the website, you know, the rsmconnect.com website, which we might talk about. In there, it talks about these tools, these models that you can use. And so one of them is repositioning, a, rep- a repositioning exercise. We were kind of hinting at it before. What can I, how do I come up with these ingenious ideas? Well, the, the, the repositioning exercise will help you do that. And that's really where you play with your X and Y axes. If you were to plot yourself, you know, in your market against your competitors, and, and really the secret is how do you just change your X and your Y axis, your description, in order to get your competitors into what we call the death quadrant, right? So um, to boil it down, that's basically, you know, how do you talk about your business? Okay. And then uh, once you figure out, you know, you might, you know, need to change things, the four P's, change one of the four P's or all of the four P's. And you're talking about your business dr- dramatically differently. So then the very first thing you got to do is you got to you make that part of your brand. You got to deploy that through all of your marketing communications. You got to get out there and be perceived. OK, an example really quickly. We talked to a uh, we had a client who was a, uh, a custom tool maker for industrial companies and manufacturers okay these are the tools the drill bits you know that make holes and things on the assembly line and he said you know we just can't break through the market they're looking for lowest cost lowest cost lowest cost what they don't understand is it for it takes a custom tool our competitors typically take you know like three months in order to deliver that custom tool and then the assembly line comes and halts construction or you know uh, halts and and you know uh, ops managers are freaking out because you know Money is being lost. And what they don't realize is it takes our competitors, you know, three weeks or, or, or three months. We get it done in three weeks. And I lean back. Being, being a seasoned marketing guy, I'm like, okay, that's product. Speed of manufacturing and delivery is part of your product. So I said, oh, you actually have an augmented product. You don't have the basic product. You were able to get it to your, to your customer in three weeks instead of three months. That's your tagline. Your marketing strategy is speed. You talk about speed of delivery, speed, speed, speed. We deployed it everywhere, and they got immediately the number one prospect. They got it in. They stopped talking to the uh, the purchasing managers, and they started talking to the CEOs, you know, the COOs, right? And they got a million-dollar customer immediately because they got it. My God, you can do this in three weeks instead of three months. I mean, that, that was a trade show displays and everything. So that's that's what I say when you're, you know, what are you saying? It's got to be different. And then you get it out in your content or whatever content you have. And then, John, to your point, I'll shut up. Really, SEO is probably one of my favorite lead tactics mm-hmm. because it is very low cost. And the secret nowadays is content, content, content. Oh, come on. I'm a, I'm a Marine, you know, officer. I'm like blogs, really. Blogs. Strange name. What am I just calling it? My blogs. <laughs> you know? Yes, damn it. Do blogs and do videos, right? And, yep. and, and do audio files and do imagery. I mean, yep. you know, just deploy as much content as you can. 
Yeah, I, and you win. I just had this conversation with a business owner yesterday. Uh, a managed service provider based out of Houston uh, was like, you know, how do you, what do you think about my website? And I was like, oh, aesthetically, it looks great. I was like, but it looks like you have one blog post. And he's, you know, it's like, he's like, yeah, I know I don't have much content. And I'm like, like, stop thinking about content as just content. Like, think about it as mm-hmm. free organic traffic, you know? Like, if you want to rank for MSP provider in Houston or in Tomball or in, in whatever city that you place in there, just write a blog post called that. Like, it's not even that complicated, right? It's like simple, low-hanging fruit, especially when no one else in your segment is doing it. Like, to John's point earlier, you know, kind of becoming the expert and becoming the authority, we have a great example internally. We, we produce a podcast for a guy who's an expert in the railroad, the rail car industry. Oh, yeah. And he wanted to do a podcast specifically for the industry. We're like, yeah, it sounds great. He's the only one doing it. He's now a top 10% global podcast because no one in his industry was doing a podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, it can be that easy. I'm not saying it's always that easy. Try being an right. inspirational podcast and going up against, you know, you know people like Joe Williams. Rogan and Goggins and, <laughs> you, know, right. you know, all these big guys, you know. But regardless, I think that for most companies that we serve, and I'd imagine that you guys do as well, there's so much low-hanging fruit right in front of them. And there's so many marketers and ad agencies and so many hands involved. And like you said, the magic, it's like, like, just get back to the basics. Like, what do you want to accomplish? Who are you? What, you know? Indra, I got to tell you, I mean, marketing, we all like to, you know, I'll tell you the, the payoff to the book, the great marketing lie. The lie is that the industry is trying to, trying to tell you marketing is hard. Marketing is not hard. Marketing is simply cutting through all the BS and being decisive, right? But I can tell you right now, content, right? Look, go get a tool like SEMrush. Yep. You go into SEMrush and you put in, you know, your your, your product category and, and it'll produce, here are the top 200 search terms that, you know, your market is using to research your product and your, your category, whether it's LED signs or marketing services or whatever it is, fuel transfer pumps. And so what happens then is because it, it tells you what people are actually putting into search engines, right? How to install a fuel transfer pump. Why does my fuel transfer pump not work? You know, how many, how many volts do I need for my pump? Blah, blah, blah. And I said, that's, that's your content. That's your blog list right there. You start at number one. Okay. There's a million searches a month. My God, write a blog article about that. You do a video. Rip out the audio file, make an audio file because people want to listen to it all kinds of different ways. And then you just work right down that list of 200, what we call long tail search terms. And competitors aren't doing it. And if you do that, you're giving the search engines exactly what the people want. Give them what they want. Make it easier. and And honestly, like with all the tools that are accessible for business owners now, like there's no excuse, right? Like between the AI tools that are available to help you write faster, the tools that will help you find what people are searching for. Another great one, similar to what you just mentioned, Mike, is another one called answerthepublic.com. That one is a, a cool website where you can jump on there and it literally shows you the top questions being asked across the web. And then you can type in a keyword like marketing or uh, you know machining or whatever industry, and it'll show you all the questions around that topic that are being asked on Google the most frequently. And it's kind of like topic clusters in a specific segment or specific category. And between all of those tools that are available, there's no excuse. I told John about this the other day. I came across this video. I can't, I can't remember what it was about. I was looking up something on YouTube. I came across this video and I was watching it. I found it very informative. 
uh, it was just cuts of like B-roll footage cut together with like a voiceover. And I was like, oh, this is really helpful. And there was one word that was said where I was like, that word sounded a little artificial. Like that didn't, that didn't something about that word just was not said correctly. And so I was like, hmm, th- like this is really intriguing. So sure enough, I searched in the description of this video and whoever this creator was that was creating this videos, he has a whole class that teaches you how to create YouTube videos without ever recording or ever mm-hmm. even doing voiceover yourself. Yep. And his video had hundreds of thousands of views. I would have known none, like none the difference. Like I thought it was, I thought it was a real voiceover guy. He was using a program similar to like Synthesia or there's a few different mm-hmm. like AI like audio tools Voice. where you can literally just put in a script. It reads it. It, it reads the narration. It sounds a hundred percent human. Like it does not sound fake. Like so there's one word. One word is what caught my attention. Uh, and then you just upload it with B-roll video. And all of a sudden, there you go. You're creating long, you know, long tail keyword content. And you can turn that into a blog post. You can add that video to that. You can turn it into a – we actually talked about it, and we probably will at some point. We talked about doing an experiment where we do a whole podcast using mm-hmm. two, two artificial co-hosts. Oh, that'd be great. And literally yeah. let an entire AI like, – we'll help, we'll help guide the scripts. We'll create the scripts for the show. But we'll let mm-hmm. AI actually talk back and forth and do the show. Because how fast could we put content out about a topic – now you got your retirement plan. Yeah, there's like, yeah. I don't have to do anything. <laughs> I don't have to record it. I don't have to edit it. I don't have to show up because it's it's already the highest quality. There's no imperfections in yep. the AI. So it's just like, there's no excuses. Like, there's so much opportunity, again, right in front of us. You talked about what the lie was. What about the six truths? Do they have to read the book to find the six truths? Or will you oh, my God, right? Well, you know, I mean, like the first truth is is, is simple. What we, what we know is achieve differentiation. I mean, that's that's the first truth. It's like, look, you know, stop being red ocean, stop doing what everybody else is doing, change one of the four P's, you know, and it's uh, there are several ways to do that. We talked about one, which was the uh, the Peter Thiel model of 10 times better, which is, OK, re reconcept re what you're doing. How do you get to three, five, 10 times better? And then you go and don't 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 criticize. There's no wrong answers. in this, Right. <clears throat> well, if we did this, I mean, for instance, right, like, you know, We've we since day one. Here's another example. You know, I'm going to talk about a, a client. We're a client of his, and he's a client of ours. And I keep coming back year after year, saying, "Hey, could you give us a personality a tool? Could you give us an HR online tool where we can do performance reviews? Can we have an online HR you know library for all of our documents?" And he's like, "No, no, that's too hard. That's too hard." And I, I said, I even said, "I'll pay for it." I'll pay extra. I'll pay a lot because this is going to make a real big difference. In, in you know, I got Zennials on my ass. I got Millennials on my ass. They want to have regular reviews, see the reviews. Okay, it's going to help me recruit and retain talent. And I'm a service category, right? So you know, right? It's achieve differentiation. Yes, we do that, and it's not like we're going to whatever. The, the guy is just he's successful enough, and he just doesn't want to work that hard. Yeah, which is yeah. kind of cool. Okay, but it's like come so, on, bro. well. <laughs> You're not going to future-proof yourself that way, though, either. I'm, well, you got to future-proof yourself. I love that so much, okay, because guess what? Someday a competitor, probably a, a Zennial or a Millennial, you know, uh, Harvard said, by the way, this is a, this is a really important point I learned as a young business person early on. Harvard Business Review did a study, and they said, you know, the more successful you are, the less you value the incremental dollar. 
like in this example of this HR outsourcing company. Well, I don't really value. It's just a few bucks. Yeah. What's well, so then the Harvard study said that's how competitors are born. Competitors value the incremental dollar, and they'll make that part of their niche or part of their position. And all of a sudden, future shock is here. Why are we losing our customers? Yeah, what, what's happening? I don't know. Well, your, your customers have been asking for it for years, and you kept saying no, man. So somebody else came along and did what they've been asking you for. Guess where they went? To the guy that, that they, they went to the yeah. best solution. That's hungrier. Mm-hmm. That's a great, great uh, stat or whatever you want to call it. Because I've even yeah. made jokes about that internally around like when we're doing well, like I become a little bit more like lethargic's not the right word, complacent. Because mm-hmm. I'm like the bank account's full. Like I'm not worried about payroll. Like I'm not worried about you know, all the, you know, going out to eat and stocking the office fridge and like all the other BS that you spend money on when you own a company. Right. But whenever money's a little tight, you lose a big account or, you know, you've got a few, you've got some stuff churning out. We just got to dig in and work harder all of a sudden. We hustle like a mother. Like, it's like, wait a second. If we could have closed that many deals in a month, the whole time, then why haven't we consistently closed that many deals every month? You know, I'll tell you what, a, a simple way to be very successful in business is to move slightly ahead of the market. You know, I think Apple does a great job doing this. You know, I, we've had a lot of clients do a really good job in the middle market. It doesn't have to be complicated. But if you haven't changed your product or service mix or, you know, the attributes or the or the pricing or what's bundled or packaged together, you know, in 20 years, then that future shock is just one day closer there's no moat around your business to bring it on home. It's, it's, it's outpacing your competitors, not by way of advertising spend or even sales, but by way of innovation and how you think about it and how you're augmenting your product or your service on a continual basis, right? And if you don't have a plan to get there and if you don't have tools, okay, and, and this, <laughs> I mean, you know, the tools in this book, right? So truth number two is reposition your competition. Well, how do you do that? Because that's a tool, right? Number truth number three is embrace the cheater tool for marketing strategy. That's a tool on how to do exactly what we're talking about, which creates a multi-year plan that you can, you know, execute. You know, your management team can get their, their hands around. It's not like a knee-jerk. Oh, oh, the business owner came today. Mike came to work today. He's got this wild ass idea. Another wild ass idea. You know, driving your 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 management team crazy it becomes much more deliberate. Now, you guys are smiling because, of course, you know it's true. So true. We know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I'll say, I don't know how you do this, Mike, but you're really good at helping me transition my questions here. So <laughs> yeah, you, you yeah. talk you talked about that multi-year like marketing plan, that marketing roadmap. And I think that that sounds super valuable. I think it, it would be amazing for my business, but I can also see it being something valuable for anybody listening to the show and any, any client out there. But what are some of the key components that businesses should consider when building out a roadmap for their marketing? Mm. Well, that's a, that's an excellent question. You know, again, I'm just going to go back and I'm going to say, you know, what I know to be true, and that's these six truths. You know, so you start asking these challenging questions, okay? Like, uh, if I were a business owner, you know, and I had a management team, and I was trying to build out a, a multi-year plan, I would start asking basic questions, like, you know, hey team, what is it that we do differently than our co- our competition? Mm-hmm. Really, definitively. You know, and it, it can't be like, well, we provide better customer service. Okay, what you got to do is you got to break that down, break that down. That's, that's too big of a construct. We have lower pricing or better pricing. Okay, what makes it better? But let's break that down, right? 
Or what aren't we thinking about? Where is the market going that we aren't even thinking about? Start asking some of these questions, you know. And a lot of these questions are actually in the book. At the end of each chapter, we have questions for management teams. Okay, so again, this is not pie in the sky magical stuff that you got to puke out, you know, either your mouth or, or your butt. This is very methodical, very granular. Do these kinds of things. Put a quarter in, you're going to get a dollar out. You know, uh, approach uh, to uh, an owner. Uh, creating a marketing program that makes real sense. And by the way, we're not talking, I know we like SEO. And yes, your your messaging and your business strategy ought to be on your website. Yeah, I, here's what I love doing, by the way. I love looking at a prospect's or a customer's website and instantly knowing what their marketing advantage is. I want to know who are you, what do you do, and why should I care? And usually it's the third part that companies don't have on their website, which means that they don't have an advantage, an unfair advantage. If they did, it should be on their website. Yeah. Yeah. I love how you've drawn that unfair advantage in in this podcast and just in your, you know, your methodology behind what you do. The book sounds practical. I mean, the book sounds really practical, and that's what I like about yeah. There's a lot of like great marketing books out there, but ones that feel like a handbook are always especially impactful to me because it's like I feel like I can write notes in it, and I feel like I'm like truly putting it into practice. You know, would you say that that's kind of how y'all's book is set up? Is it something that I can uh, well, really... Well, so I'll, I'll, I'll go far farther than that. Uh, you know, a few years ago, I taught strategic marketing at a uh, in an MBA program, and uh they said, okay, here's this 800-page book on strategic marketing you need to teach. And my students were HR managers and ops managers and accountants. None of them, almost none. I don't think I ever had a student who was actually a marketing person. Don't, don't tell me why. Don't ask why. It's kind of, kind of odd. But uh, So I, 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 I looked at this thing and I said, well, this is death, being pecked to death by a thousand chickens. These folks are going to come out of this strategic marketing class hating marketing. And so I, I, I told the students to read the book and, you know, we did quizzes based on the book, but I created this curriculum uh, based on what we're talking about here. And I, you know, and, and it was in addition to the, to the book and my class year after year, semester after semester rated number one out of the entire program because it was applied. It made sense. There were tools, you know, it wasn't like, you know, you know, what's the definition of this, you know, it's stuff the book never put together. And it came out of, you know, really working with these hundreds of, of middle market companies over the years and realizing, you know, if you've, you've got a few things to do, well, I've only got 10 fingers. Okay. So, you know, if you, you leave a f- few fingers in reserve, that means you got six fingers you can play with. And that's where we came up with these truths, if you will. So yeah, it, it came out of teaching young business people how to do marketing yeah. when you're not a marketing person. Right. Can't beat that. Mm-hmm. Most so how business people, owners are not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. That's And that's the thing. Like, I feel like I, when I talk to companies, that's the thing I hear all the time. It's like, I just, I'm not creative. I don't know anything. It's like, you don't have to be creative to be, a, in my opinion, a good marketer. Like, what do you see for, again, like we talked about earlier, what do you see for your business? What's the vision? Like, where do you want to go? You know, like, I think business owners don't give themselves enough credit either. Oh, my God. I can't believe you said that. And I see you're offering me a perfect transition. <laughs> and that is something for everybody to think about, okay? You know, right up front in the book, we establish, you know, core principle. Everything is marketing and marketing is everything. Everything is marketing and marketing is everything. 
if you look around, I challenge everybody listening, just look around you right now, okay? I'm looking around, I'm in this conference room. Chairs were made and bought. Windows were made and bought. Bricks were made and bought. Everything, carpet, everything around us on a daily basis was made because somebody somewhere thought some market would see value in it and it was sold. Well, wait a minute, I'm a politician. Well, you're generating ideas that are made and sold. Wait, I'm a nonprofit. Oh, really? You're creating a Sunday service that is made and sold to parishioners and they buy with you know their attendance and other things. So everything, whether it's a service, a nonprofit, government, is, you know, and we're surrounded by that as humans. And every day we're buying stuff. So what I love to say to business owners is you though you are surrounded by marketing every day your entire life, and you are not giving yourself the credit. Just turn around, reverse engineer. You're making these purchases, these purchase decisions. Reverse it. Why am I making that decision? And then apply that decision-making etiquette or that hierarchy to what you're offering. You're an expert marketer. You just don't give yourself the credit. Yep. Go be. Go be. Huh? You can do it. That's amazing. All right. So we like to wrap up every episode with leaving our listeners with one business growth hack. So I'm going to roll the sound effect. That gives you two seconds, Mike, to think about what business growth hack you're going to leave our listeners with, okay? Hacks! Oh, man, it's looping. Here it goes again. Give it to him twice. Hacks! <laughs> All right, what you got for us, Mike? What kind of hack can you leave? I'm going to leave you with one not hack and one real hack. Okay, sounds All good. Right. Not hack is put your logo on a hat. And give it away. <laughs> That's nice to do. Now, I, I'm, I'm John. I like your hat, by the way. So <laughs> this you, is not don't hate on our hats, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I love a good hat. That's actually that's actually truth number five in the book. So hats and, and 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 building a community is important. But my one, the one hack is using the cheater tool of, of for marketing strategy, which is just answering the question: How do I make it easier for my audience? How to make it easier yeah. for my customer? That's the hack. I agree. Answer that. I was well hoping said. you would say that actually. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so it's it's so easy. I hate that I'm saying that it's easy because that's like what yeah. we're getting at. It just feels right. like yeah. Think this simple. Is this is really good. All right, Mike, why don't you tell us how our listeners can support you, yeah. find you, follow you, all the good stuff you've got coming up. I uh, appreciate that. So, you know, uh, in order to, to kind of, you know, uh, see the first few chapters of the book, if they're interested in that, get a head start, they can go to rsmconnect.com if they're you know, if they're uh, if they're looking for, you know, uh, perhaps uh, yeah, I'm, I'm always happy to get on the phone and just, you know, have a quick conversation for an hour with the business owner because I get just as much out of it as they do. Yeah, and yeah, frankly, yeah. they're going to get a lot of ideas, synthesize, you know, synthesize some of these ideas, go do them yourself. So then they can reach us through that page or they can go to rappers.biz. You know, one is, of course, the, the the marketing firm that does the everyday work. And the other one, of course, is some of the strategic marketing that, you know, is, uh, I got gray hair now. So we, we uniquely <laughs> now you can be do. a consultant. <laughs> there you go. I guess I am. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. All right, Mike. Well, I appreciate you showing, uh, showing up today and sharing all of this insight. I think there's a lot of value there. We'll make sure to put all of Mike's links down in the show notes. If you like today's episode, share it with a friend. Tell somebody about it. If you know somebody who's overcomplicating marketing or they don't think that they've got what it takes, send them this episode, all right? It's a lot easier than what you think. It's only one question you have to answer. If they don't want to listen to the whole episode, send them straight to the end. Tell them to go listen to the Business Growth Hack. That's the name of the podcast. I know that if all you listen to is 30 seconds of the podcast every week, you'd still get value out of it. So make sure to check it out. Share it with a friend. Like I said, leave us a review. We don't know if you like the podcast. 
if you don't tell us. There's mm-hmm. no way. There's no like. It's not radio. You don't call in and tell me you hate me. So if you like the show, leave us a review. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get your shows. Until next time, we will see you guys later. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Business Growth Hacks podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast so you never miss an episode. To get more marketing tips and tricks, follow Beefy Marketing on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Beefy Marketing. And to take your business to the next level, check out our website at www.beefymarketing.com.